Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Lacey Williams-Carlson, CIO at Bon Secure Health System. In this segment, we discuss how leaders can help ease the merging of cultures by focusing more on the why than the how. Why, in some ways, an epic implementation is never really over. And the polarity that exists in trying to meet customer needs while meeting all the necessary requirements of a health system. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. Hi, Lacey. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. My pleasure. Nice to talk with you. So I think the best way to start is to get a high-level look at, at Bon Secure. Um, I know many people are familiar with it, you know, large system, but just, just to uh, give our readers and listeners um, a bit of an idea. Uh, sure. We are a Catholic health system. I think like all other health systems, we're very focused on transitioning from what has traditionally been a hospital-based system to um, a system that more fully embraces the spectrum of care and is focused more on ambulatory services. Mm -hmm. We have locations um, that we organize into what we call local systems, so something like a region basically from New York down through Florida, uh, not necessarily acute care presence in all of those locations, but our two biggest local systems are in the Commonwealth of Virginia, in Richmond and in Hampton Roads. We also have pretty robust presence in South Carolina, Kentucky, and we have a skilled nursing facility in Florida, which comes to my mind because uh, they just successfully and safely weathered Hurricane Irma, but a lot of our oh. business continuity plans that, that we had done previously uh, got put to good use. And we also have a mission presence in Peru, and our sisters were um, started in Paris, so we have congregations there, and we have facilities in Ireland as well. Okay. And, and this is an organization that, that clearly has seen a lot of growth largely through M&A. And one thing that I, that I think would be, be interesting is the idea of bringing these different cultures together. And, and can you talk about what that experience has been like? Sure, Ken. And we continue to bring cultures together because if you're familiar with Epic, you know, they have a service offering called Connect in which health systems can offer their Epic talent and literally the computer instance that, that they um, are using and so forth, they can leverage that to offer it to other providers or health systems who otherwise might not be able to afford to implement Epic on their own. So not only am I continually amazed by the cultural differences within my health system, now that we're offering some of our IT solutions outside of our organization to another Catholic health system as well as a, another not-for-profit, there are even more profound challenges in yeah. um, dealing with those cultures. Sure. I think... In all of those discussions, one of the best ways to start is to find out where you have commonalities. So a lot of times I think we forget that we're all focused on the same why, serving a community, 
improving the health status of communities we serve, um, et cetera. Sometimes we get wrapped around the axle about the how and the what and forget that we're all focused on the same why. So I find that sometimes when cultural conversations get very hard, as they typically do, it, it helps to refocus on the why. And that's helped us a lot with the Connect implementation. What are those common goals that we have around improving patient safety? or bring in communities to improved health status and the common things that we can focus on, where do we have commonality, uh, more so than being focused on where we have differences of opinion. Right. And just as you alluded to with the work um, your organization is doing with Epic Connect, you're dealing with organizations that are very different in size and scope, I'm sure. So obviously there's no one-size-fits-all approach, but uh, I'm sure it has to be approached differently depending on the organization. Absolutely it does. And in fact, just last week we had a meeting with our, two of our customers. One is a three-hospital health system that um, is going live on um, the solution within a few months, and the other has been live on it for a while. And it's a standalone hospital, although a very robust community-based hospital. And sometimes the single standalone hospital would say, hey, not everything you're talking about that needs to be rolled out across the health system makes sense to us or applies. We're a standalone hospital, so how are you going to address you know, whatever. So absolutely balancing a lot of different needs. Right. And then there are the, uh, you know, the acquisitions as well. So with something like that, I imagine it has to be um, approached, uh, I don't say carefully, but really deliberately in not coming off as like a takeover, which is probably a fear that a lot of people have. Sure, and actually it's been a while since we've had an acquisition. Um, mm -hmm. There's been a couple of instances in the last few years where we've joint ventured with others, and uh, one scenario in which we continue to supply IT services, though we're not still the um, sole manager of the health system, and um, that's particularly nuanced when you're continuing to provide what you've built intentionally as very standardized IT footprint for the purposes of, you know, security, economies of consistency, et cetera, and suddenly uh, some of those tenants that made great sense you have to rethink how they apply with a new majority partner. So that's been right. challenging as well. Yeah, sure. Looking at, at Bon Secure, uh, obviously there, there has been, there was a lot of change and growth to the point where it became the health system. And I, I'm sure that that's something that's, that's been an interesting thing to be part of just in terms of how it, how, how it, how leadership's strategy has changed where it is now, you know, an organization that owns and manages and, you know, has joint ventures and things like that. So uh, I imagine that that can pose a challenge for leadership just as far as uh, the changes that need to be made. It sure does. And, you know, one area where we're continuing to grow robustly is expanding our provider network. So every year we continue to add physicians to our network and employ more and more physicians and roll out our epic solution which we call connect care and sometimes i think it's easy to focus on hospital acquisitions and big buildings and forget that every time you employ a physician or acquire a practice there's a culture 
that um, begins working with our culture. And I think of particular interest is the, you know, sort of small, um, very entrepreneurial practices when they get added to our network, I'm sure we come across as very dictatorial and big brotherish in some cases. In most cases, I think with great intentions and very good outcomes. So I think one of the reasons providers are looking to become parts of networks and employees is so difficult to keep up with all the requirements for cybersecurity and the new payer models and so forth. And so they, I think we find in some cases, haven't maybe attended to them the way they should have. So when we bring a lot of policies and procedures and practices, it can feel a little overwhelming to those smaller groups and and very different, more informal cultures maybe. Um, So again, (laughs) focusing on the why, it's not just, bureaucracy. It's, it's um, practices and policies that are um, ultimately for our patient safety because cybersecurity is a patient safety issue. Um, but yeah, it can make for some uh, big challenges for those providers, I think. Right. And I imagine that there are, are all kinds of processes in place, whether it's uh, certain types of, of town hall meetings or boards or, or just opportunities that they have to, to voice those concerns. <laughs> yeah, apparently so, because I certainly hear lots of feedback about our ISTOLs and procedures. So through all those venues and more, the right. ever-popular email bomb. <laughs> yeah, oh sure. I guess, I guess sometimes people just really need to need to know that they're being heard. Yeah, I think there's always going to be a tension between the desire to do things quickly and simply with the practicalities in this day and age of vendors that need to be vetted, um, connectivity that we need to make sure is secure, legal language included in a document with a vendor that holds them accountable for cyber incidents and so forth. So there is that polarity, as we call it, between trying to be nimble and fast and respond to our providers' needs and, more importantly, our patients' needs, but also meet all those other requirements it's quite a challenge these days. Yeah, I'm sure. And then you mentioned um, Epic. So are all of the hospitals at this point are on that Epic? Yes, all of our hospitals are on Epic, and um, all of our providers, uh, except those most newly acquired for the most part, um, are on Connect Care. We share a common instance, and so that's part of the beauty is that our system really supports that seamless care from anywhere across the healthcare continuum. But as we continue to um, grow our CINs or um, expand our provider network, we're continuing to deploy Connect Care in our practices. Right. It's kind of like a never-ending rollout, I guess. It is kind of like a never-ending rollout. There are days where I just want to say, where is the finish line? And then you realize, there is no finish line. Even for where we have it implemented, you know, we need to be focused on continually improving um, what the solution does. And our, our first sites that went live have been live for over 10 years, and we had um, a rollout that 
one done and then the next and the next. So it, it lasted a few years. And now the tension in the organization is sort of carving out resources and focus and emphasis on um, where we can improve the application versus, you know, bringing it to the next provider and the next. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's a never-ending journey, but I think that's okay, ultimately. Right. With Connect, that's um, being offered out to outside organizations. Is this something that, that's relatively recent? Um, for us, yeah, it's something that we embarked on within the last two years or so. Okay. Yeah, that's something that, that we're just starting to see more of um, with, with a lot of organizations as, as an option that uh, maybe is, is, is being considered more now. It does certainly make sense for the, for the right organization. It does. And actually, prior to when we sort of more formally stood up um, our program and um, we call it Good Help Connections and have had great success with it, we were offering our EPIC record to independent or affiliated physicians who weren't part of our employed medical group but still wanted the value of Connect Care. It's a little confusing. We call it Connect Care and not to be confused with EPIC's Connect program. Right, right. It's all good, I guess. It's all about being connected. Yeah. Okay. And then, obviously, the the goal goes back to what you what you alluded to earlier with uh, really looking at the whole spectrum of care, and I'm sure just being able to more easily exchange data and improve outcomes. Yeah, our Epic footprint is pretty large in terms of the number of modules we use. It pretty much easier to describe which EPIC modules we don't use instead of those that we do. We went all in, and um, we feel like that's the best, easiest way to have integration and interoperability. Beyond that, um, we use Care Everywhere, and we also have um, other approaches to interoperability. And I think outside of the ambulatory space, I think we're close to the end, maybe, of sort of a rip and replace approach when you um, partner with someone. I I think we're pretty heavily penetrated with robust EMRs in our country now, and so we need to be more focused on how do we integrate those disparate solutions than replacing them. I think on the practice side, um, there's still a ways to go, and we really find that what works best for us for physicians we employ is to get them up on our instance. Um, It helps with other workflows across the continuum. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.